This is your host, Edwin De La Rosa, and I would like to welcome you back to Real Talk Radio, where we are bridging the gap between cool and conscience. Today, we're speaking with some incredible influencers. We're going to get deep into a couple topics that are affecting the millennial generation, especially in the inner city. The topic for today is education. But before we get started, I would like you guys to tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Nathan Baez. When I'm on stage, I go by Sub Nate. I'm an artist. Um, that's basically it. I feel like that involves me being an educator, me being a student, me being everything means me being an artist. So um, I live my life. I'm trying to live my life in a more natural way, trying to like recondition who I am from what I've been taught to what I have an understanding of what is natural. And yeah, my mission is to better myself every day. Hello, everyone. Hello, Lawrence. What up, gifted people? What up, Nate, Edwin? Um, My name is Elisa Salas, and I am also an artist, um, an educator. I've gone through the public school system. I've gone through the private school system. And I'm really just thinking about ways that we can incorporate being an artist or being a creative within learning or just being in general. I'll be talking about my experience um, going through school and what we're doing now. Now, I would like to ask you guys a question. You know, how was it? How was it like growing up in Lawrence and how did that help mold, you know, mold you into who you are today? I feel like Lawrence was really special and like during my childhood, during that era, there was so much going on um, subtly. Like it might not have felt, it might not have looked like there was so much going on from an outside perspective, but so much was happening in the hood. Like just the the normal vibes I feel like you would get in any urban community, um, except it's mostly Dominicans and Lawrence. So it was a lot of baseball, you know, a lot of Spanish food for very good prices. Shout out Boyo Tipico. Shout out, you know, the bodega down the street from my house before it burned down, had the crack food on deck. Yep. So, but yeah, like growing up, I've been to a few different schools. I ended up going to um, the Arlington. I also went to Holy Trinity. I went to St. Mary's. I went to a few private schools. I went to schools out of town too. So I went to Amesbury Middle School. I got to see how some kids, I got to experience um, fourth and fifth grade in Amesbury, which was very different. We went on like crazy field trips, camping trips. Like the education was a lot different over there than what we getting in Lawrence. Where growing up in Lawrence was great. Like I was in a, I'm in a community. I was born and raised in a community that was still tied to my roots in Dominican Republic. Riding around Lawrence, like I got really inspired with all the after-school programs and all the people that were already like doing and owning their craft. So I saw that at a really young age. Um, I went to Movement City. I went to the Essex Art Center, and you know the culture of like hip hop, um, the dance community, all the all the artistry. I think that that really like molded me into who I am today. Lawrence is always live, always lit. Definitely, <laughs> like, you know, always something to do, always. always something to look forward to. Like great people too. Like I've had the same friends since middle school. Like yeah, seriously. It's like it's a really tight community. It's a family. So I was raised by Lawrence. Nate, I know you said that you know you went to multiple schools growing up, but what were the differences between the schools that were out of town, like in Amesbury, compared to Lawrence? And I know you said they were different, the classmates, but what the was environment different? I was around. I wasn't around um, people that really looked like me or 
came from the same background as me when I was in Amesbury. Yeah. The curriculum was different. The structure yeah. of the, the school was a little different. Um, science, I just remember specifically science, it was more hands-on. Yeah. Like, I was cutting up sharks in, like, yeah. fifth grade, which was crazy to me. Yeah. I thought it was dope. We were building rockets. Yeah. Like, that's that's cool, and I never experienced that at the art that's school. Cool. Or even in the that's private cool. schools I went to. Yeah. So, just little things like that. Also, just, like being different in a spot and everybody noticing like if I'm different in Lawrence High it's like yeah. it's, you still blend in because everybody's kind of in the same area yeah. but me being in a school where it's just like four dark skinned kids just pull up and we got a band together you know what I'm saying it's kind of it was a different environment it was cool though you know Yeah. that's when I realized that's when I learned about like like oh shit like there's other people and like I'm black and niggas look at me differently because I was around mostly white kids yeah so like I almost fought a few times. Yeah. I got in trouble a couple of times for things I didn't even do, and it was it was weird because like I didn't know why, but I, I felt it. Yeah. Like I didn't know really what was going on, yeah. but I felt it. I mean, personally, you know, I moved a lot, you know, as a kid. So you know, I went to school out here. I went to school down in Pennsylvania and Florida. Same thing as you, you know. Especially you know, I went to high school in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I could tell the difference, at least in the culture. You know, over there was more diverse I would say you know more diverse the education was a lot more hands-on than it was here you know I never had the opportunity to go to high school out here so I never got to experience that part but I do know you know when I went to grade school it wasn't as hands-on you know it was really and I always wondered why because I kind of feel like you're selling the kids short if you're not you know allowing them to be a lot more hands-on and interact a lot like the classrooms are really dull right now middle school I dreaded going to school like I used to hate going to school yeah. Um, and that's because there's nothing exciting about what's being offered at school. Yeah. The, the subject matter is definitely interesting, you know what I'm saying, if it's presented the right way. But it wasn't presented the right way. The way we're taught in, in traditional schooling, like we know, is counterproductive. It doesn't, it doesn't teach. We learn mostly outside of school. At least for me, I learned most of, most of my shit outside of school. Yeah, when I was in middle yeah, school, I, I was in private school from kindergarten to eighth grade and even my freshman year. So I had never been to a public school until sophomore year. But like, I enjoyed public school better because I got away with a lot, like doing my own thing, learning how I would like to learn. Like, I found it more flexible, but that was my learning style, like not being in the classroom. Private school, like the curriculum for me was the same. Like private school, I went to St. Mary's in Lawrence High. There wasn't that much hands-on learning. It was in public schools or in the private schools. There's not, not a lot of hands-on learning here in Lawrence. Um, I think it was just more like that the teachers cared more and pushed more. In private school, they pushed you more, they cared more, and in public school, it was just like, you know. And the private school we went to, both of them closed down for lack of money. So it wasn't like we were in a private school. There's like a lot of resources. It's like they barely getting by to pay off how I remember what, um, what private Yeah, St. Mary's. St. Mary's and Holy Trinity. And Holy Trinity. It wasn't like Phillips Academy, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm sure they'll do a lot of hands-on work, but it was like private school in the hood. It's in Lawrence. You yeah, know my little brother, he's going to um, Bellasini right now, you know? And, you know, sometimes I'm just like, uh, you know, he says it's really hard, but I don't know if it's hard because the curriculum is hard or is it hard because he's going to school from 7.30 in the morning and he's coming home at 8 o'clock at night. It's the practice. It's the discipline that they're doing that's, like, straining his brain. Yeah. If he's coming home at, like, 8 o'clock, like, when does that kid get time to have... Yeah, break, exactly. You know, or like a, a mental break. Mm-hmm. I feel like school shouldn't even be looked at like that. Like if it's easy or if it's hard, it's like nah, we we just learning. 
kids associate learning with school, and school is so whack that they disconnect they don't like to learn. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to learn. That's happened to me. I've internalized that as a kid. Like, I hate school. And I shut out a lot of concepts because I didn't want to get it from the school because the school was so whack. That now I'm very open to, like, damn, ooh, but I wasn't hip because the way they were talking about it was terrible. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't intriguing. Yeah, like, my middle school science teacher, she never got up to teach us. Like, everything was by the book. She never stood up. And you could ask anybody that took her class. We read the chapter and answered the questions at the end, and that was each class. And it's just like, imagine how many kids don't learn that way by, like, and reading was, and answering questions. That was private questions. school. And that was, yeah, that was private school. So do you think it falls back on the, you know, the teachers and their Definitely. passion for teaching? Do they care? Because, you know, I think we've all had those teachers that, you know, they were just passing out handouts and just like, yo, just come I don't want to blame the teacher completely, though. Yeah, I don't either. It's the structure. Unless you're, like, a really creative person and you step into a role, like, as a teacher, it's going to be really hard for you to make that curriculum exciting or make how they're telling you to teach exciting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think the teachers also need to feel inspired as yeah. well. And, like, the structure of the curriculum itself is not inspiring them enough. Mm-hmm. And let's not even forget that a lot of it's, like, yeah. false information. False history. Like, it's counterproductive. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure a lot of these teachers know that, so it could be a little discouraging when they're, you know, forced. If you're educated, you know it's false. Like, And then you have them, you know, glorifying, you know, a certain group and just saying, like, oh, yeah. you know, these pilgrims, these euros, they discovered this. There was nothing here before, and, like, myself, as I've gotten older and I started reading... I started asking myself, wait, well, there was a whole, like, there was civilizations here, you know, like, why wasn't I taught this? I feel like once you take someone's identity or you strip them from their identity, you strip them from their power. Like, I noticed that a lot in the classroom. These kids don't have a sense of self. They don't have, like, a chance to explore their history, you know, about the Dominican culture or wherever you're from. So I find that to be an issue. Like, if you don't know your own power, how are you going to be motivated to become what you want to be? You know, whether you want to be a doctor, a rapper, a, a poet, a carpenter, like, you just need to know a sense of self. And that's not something that's practiced at all in school. When you get in kindergarten, that's it. You're already starting to get stripped from, like, a sense of who you are. Yeah, you spend those years, you know, learning about yourself through your family. You know, and you go and, you you know, your family doesn't teach you about the pilgrims or Christopher Columbus and, you know, the founding fathers. You know, you, you learn who you are through your family. And as soon as, you know, you go into kindergarten or preschool, you know, it's... No, it's like this, it's like this, like this. And it's a job, pretty much, because these kids are in there for, like, you know, how, how long? Seven to eight hours a day? It's gotten to the point where they're spending more time in the schools than they're spending it at home and with their families. And we got schools in Lawrence where they'll give you double blocks of English. There's no art classes, bro. Like, they'll give you one, like, art class. It's, uh, it's like special. once a week. <laughs> it's a special class. You get it, either that or gym. Now, do you think... And you gotta pick between working out and, like, doing something physical or, like... Doing something creative, yeah. And you need both. Do you feel like every public school is like that, or do you feel like it's just certain public, yeah, certain schools, public schools in schools certain in communities? In urban communities. Like, why is that? In the ghettos. Oh, definitely. They're focused on the numbers and on tests. It's all about the test. It's all about the yeah. NCAST. It's all about I feel like know, that's just reaching the, the, cer- I feel like that's the certain the, requirement. The, the mask in every ghetto, like New Orleans, New York, Chicago. Why is it in the hood that the schools is fucked up? Word could we could we that nah it's not like that it's it's systematically set up like that yeah so what we gotta do is think about how we're gonna educate our people not even change the system how we're gonna teach people that's what we're trying to do education what changes do you think that we need to make yeah we gotta recognize 
what's being done to us. You know what I'm saying? We got to recognize what's going on before we change our current situation. And not everybody has to be aware of that. Like, a kindergartner doesn't have to be aware of, like, the situation at large. But he has to have a place where he can get some real information and some real education, some real nurturing. You know what I mean? I feel like as a community, we have to create that. So... Like, yeah. we can't, I can't speak on what's going on in, like, Chicago, because I'm not in Chicago, you know what I'm saying? What's going on here, right? I feel like because it's such a tight community, we're in a very unique position to actually, like, change the culture and the way we look at education and educate ourselves here in Lawrence, because everything is so connected. We have this, like, lineage. People have been here for a long time. People are starting to wake up, and we're trying to stay here, you know? Like, our, our, our people are trying to stay in this land so we can really make a change in, like, how we, we teach each other, how we teach ourselves. Yeah, because we can't make a yeah, change. we can do, too. Like, we can, like, traveling is essential for learning, too. Like, we learn. Yeah. But we gotta come back. It's just like, you know, in old villages, tribes would travel and they would explore different parts of the world and they would come back, you know, with stories and, and knowledge. I feel like and wherever share you are is where you're supposed to be at. Yeah. yeah, at the moment, you know what I'm saying? And if you decide to move, it's because you were supposed to move. And if you don't, it's because you wasn't supposed to move at that moment. Yeah, because you wasn't supposed to move. But while you're here, you know, might as well, you know, try to make a bit of a difference instead of just watching everything, you know, being the way that it is and saying anything about it. I think there is change that's going to come. I really do think that we need to start empowering our teachers because it's not just becoming a teacher for me, you know, it's um we need a lot more of our people in those administrative roles. You know, and a lot of these people they've been doing it for too long. 20, 30 years and we have friends that are teachers and we've seen them they've become discouraged, you know, it's just like is it really worth it becoming a teacher? And that's sad. To become a teacher your heart has to be in it. For my little brother, I would want him, you know, to be in an environment where he's encouraged to be a creative. And that's a conversation that I do have with him all the time. And I tell him, look, you just gotta let your mind grow. And with me, at least growing up, I went to schools that were really strict. And it wasn't until I hit like my late teens where I'm just like, yo, this is, this is a lie, yo. Like, you guys are tripping. You've been lying to me the whole time. And then that's when you kind of go with Kanye and you're I don't walking want- out the future generations to hit that point when they're older to know that it's a lie or to know that the structure or the system that they were in place was not doing them justice because we we usually like come to that realization when we hit college when you have all the choices in the world right and it needs to come at an earlier time having choice having options you know knowing self because we we always have this this thought once we leave the system once we leave the school and all that time like 18 years of being in schooling that doesn't help you develop who you are and then they tell you like we're prepping you for the real world the real world is nothing like what they make it seem having choice at an earlier age is so important yeah a child goes from being born it's first like what five years it's with its family you put it into like a preschool a daycare and from that moment on you're force feeding that child information you know you're giving that child 13 years at 18 years old you're asking that child what are you gonna be your life depends on it i've had friends that went to college and they've come out depressed and with anxiety and they're not the same you know and right now they're fighting this internal battle within themselves where they're trying to you know get a grip of who they are that's not education yeah, at it's all. Not, no that's not the education. school say you know preparing for college you know and that's also false because like like imagine your teacher 
whatever they're teaching you is their passion. Like, they love to do it. Like, it's like Alyssa teaching a photography class, you know what I'm saying? It's like somebody who's into it actually teaching the, the subject. Because I feel like a lot of teachers, like you were saying, just doing it for a check. Or because they went to college well, they and like, well, I... Or they could have became a, a teacher and, you know, they went in there like, you know, I'm going to... I think the teachers also become part of, like, a formula. You know, they that's why they don't really come with, with this excitement or, like, try to change it up. Because they're part of the formula of, like, they can't do what's outside of a curriculum. Yeah. Because then they just get called out for it or they'll, get, or they'll lose their job. Lose their job. That's the thing. We got to just change the culture. People got to be more daring to, like, lose a job, you know what I'm saying? Or to try the what's outside the box, even if it means, like, it might be done for you at that moment. Like, you got to try it because if not, we're never going to know. And then all the, all the, all the greats are going to be, you know, suppressed. Yeah, that is true. Now, have you guys ever thought about becoming teachers i feel like i'm already a teacher and i'm still a student and i feel like that's how we should look at every interaction because even the way we're taught about this idea of teachers and students is still a dominant thing like because you're a teacher you're smarter and like you know more it's like that's not necessarily the case it's just if i teach you something in the moment i'm a teacher in that moment if you teach me something i'm a student in that moment but it's about the experience yeah, so process for me is like, it came about like, I was teaching last year, I was doing workshops last year, and it was my first time in the classroom or facilitating something with younger kids, and I would bring in projects that I thought were cool, you know, that I thought were interesting, and like, they were not being responsive at all. They were just like looking at me with blank faces, not into it, and I was like, yo, thinking like, what is the problem? And I thought about it and it's like they didn't even know how to do the project because they're not even creative during the school day. So they were just like disconnected with thinking outside the box. So we had to warm them up to that. We had to warm them up to like playing, like basic playing, you know, they were just so, they were like robots, you know, like just always responsive, like always not even asking questions just like ready to listen and be told what to do yeah. they were always ready to be told what to do instead of ask what they want to do so that's what I did I just kept asking them alright what do you guys want to do these are your options like we brought the beat machine we brought a sewing machine we had drawing painting and we just got them comfortable with just like you know dabbling into things that that looked cool to them yeah we played films we like played films movies records we just expose them to things that they don't get exposed to show them cameras they like they loved it you know what i'm saying yeah and we got disposables learning. you know told them to look at their city and like you know things were facilitated more more structurally but for a long period of time i just i had to also learn like what goes from where, where do we go from there after we give them all these options and they're creative yeah. right so like now we're thinking about what are the next steps we know that kids are missing cre this creativity and like we're just learning about how things already move and what we could what we want to improve on so i want process to be everything that we needed when we were in school you know like everything i would have imagined school to be like for me you know not just science in one room and math in another room how can i have science and math together how can i have art and math together why couldn't they teach me geometry with fashion you know like i'm really trying to think of the curriculum on another level but for right now, um, steps, you know, there's steps that, that you need to take is like, you know, doing more workshops that are going to get the community to think about this alternative practice as well. 
we also need to give teachers and parents and students this experience of exper experiential learning. Because I think that's what process is about. It's about that you learn in the experience and that's life, period. You know, I think like sometimes it gets so abstract, abstract to, to talk about because it's so simple. And like, I always get questions like, okay, how would a student measure? How would you measure like how a kid learns? And it's like, why can't we teach ourselves how to measure ourselves? Like, isn't that who's gonna hold accountable at the end of the day? You know, like portfolio building, like there's so many methods to education and to, and to learning and to be a better human being. Um, it's about food we serve. It's about like, you know, the tools you're given and how to implement that model in a place where we don't have that much resources. You know, do we start pulling it in, start collaborating with other people? And um, the, the most basic workshop we've been working with right now is to reimagine or to recreate the classroom. And um, it's because I have a model of what I want the physical space to look like because I think it's also about the spaces we're in. We're like always around these four walls and like we're always in a room, we're always in a building and learning is much more than that. Learning is when you're outside. So it being place-based, right? So I designed like what I would want a classroom to look like. And I've been just giving kids a photo of a classroom and asking them to manipulate it to show me what it looks like to them, like their dream, their dream room to learn in. And, you know, I've been getting some really beautiful pieces, like with color and travel and airplanes and animals. And, you know, like kids know what they want. They know exactly what they want. It's internal, you know, they know that they want to see more things. Like they see all these things in the media, like we have to feed them more. Like we're holding them back so much from from the experience outside and we're holding them to a standard that is stressing them out it's creating anxiety and it's creating self-doubt depression and, and and that's not creating leaders you know the process library is it's a digital archive of where we post everything that we're doing in the classroom and the archive will be a physical thing one day it'll be a, a place the library will be a place that you can go to here in Lawrence. And our mission is to use Lawrence as a campus because that's how I treat Lawrence. I treat Lawrence like it's my school. So that's that's what I want to do for the community. I want to bring that alternative practice here and something that's very different, something that's going to cause questions and like reactions of like, that can't happen because the real world this and it's like we have we have to redefine what everything looks like in order for for it to change you know, where nothing's set in stone really it's something you know, that's um, to be tested. flexible too and moldable so like you can apply somewhere else with a different demographic of kids you know what i'm saying because a lot of it is what what do you want to do as a as a as a learner you know what i'm saying also documentation like i document my students all the time and I ask them questions all the time because, you know, when you're young, I've noticed that people don't ask you a lot of questions because people don't, people think that you don't know. And I always put them on the spotlight and I, I have the camera in their face and I ask them, like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you learning? And they get shy, but then you start to see that they get comfortable with themselves and they start to just, they can tell you exactly what they're doing. You know, like, when you're not getting I don't know, they're engaged and they're, they're in it. They, they love what they do. A lot of our workshops is like art based too. And it's because like art is expression. Art is design. Art is like 
everything is an art, you know, and until we get an opportunity to infuse art with like core subjects that I'm not specialized in, you know, we'll have a, a, a more developed practice that can be a style of like a, an alternative schooling, but like for right now, it's all self-identity. You know, expression. It's also thinking about we're, we're also thinking about language, you know? Like, I don't want to call it a curriculum anymore. I want to call it a practice. practice. Because when you practice something, you become you can become better at it, and it, you just become in tune with it, right? And just using using language, too, because, like, you, you say classroom, and, like, kids are automatically don't want to be in it. So, like, we're, we're changing our space while we're in there. Like, me, by, me, me and Nate being in the classroom alone, we're already changing the environment. You know, we're already giving them an experience. We're playing music, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're playing music, we're changing the vibe up. And, like, and we want that to grow. We want, we, want it to, we want you to physically see it. And it's like the classroom I envision or the, the space of learning that I envision is like a pop-up classroom. It's not something that has to be in a building. And how much more cheaper would that be? <laughs> if you had a pop-up classroom, you know what I mean? Like outside, you know, in parks, in different locations. And like this practice, I hope to travel with it and like have other other places adopt it because it's it's all about life. Well, you know, with that said, this is your host, Edwin De La Rosa, and thank you for tuning in to Real Talk Radio. This is a God This is everything. This is everything.